everybody, and welcome once again to the Chris Rose Rotation on John Boy Media. And look who is stepping into the next spot in the rotation. He is one of the brand new Philadelphia Phillies. He is not new to you baseball fans out there. Archie Bradley, it is good to see you, my friend. How are you? It is. Uh, it's good to see you too, Chris. I am. Uh, I'm great, man. As we were kind of talking a little bit beforehand, I'm uh, enjoying this Florida weather right now. It's very nice. Yeah. So this is kind of new for you, right? You're used to just being out in Arizona, not only for spring training, but for your entire baseball season. Like, how did you even find a, a place to live? Like, we don't even think about that stuff as just normal people. No. And even myself, I mean, you said it, I spent 10 years in Arizona and I was super fortunate. I bought my house um, in 2014 in the fall league before I made the team in AZ. Um, I kind of saw the way things were going. I was finally, you know, felt like I was close. And so I ended up buying my house and then made the team in 2015. And so I've known nothing but living in my own home for my entire career, basically. So this was a huge adjustment. Um, where some guys deal with this every year. But for me, yeah, Airbnb, my agent, um, kind of all, all of them involved helped me find a place out here. Now, I have, uh, I have done these sort of virtual interviews with plenty of players down in the state of Florida over the years. Did you spend, did, what'd you drop, like 300 grand on this place? <laughs> I'm just renting. That's a nice thing now about, about Airbnb, but yeah, I mean, Clearwater is definitely an expensive place to live. Like, that's something, uh, you know, you kind of forget about when you're signing your deal or going to a place. It's like, wait, I'm going to spend how much to live for two months? Like, two months, man. I I'm telling you, like, my dad hates me right now with how much money I'm spending to live down here. Really? He got on your ass about it? Oh, man. My, I mean, my dad's great. He's always been on my ass for things like that. But anytime, as you know, as a big leaguer, we get accustomed to living a certain way and spending money in a certain way. I'm always within reason, but for my dad, everything is my dad's the cheapest guy I know. So um, he wanted me in like a hotel, one bedroom, you know, suck it up. You're fine. I was like, yeah, this is, you know, we're going into year seven here. We're going to, we're going to live comfortably. That's good. Yeah. Why not? You've worked hard. You can spend a little dough arch. I'm yeah. With especially it. this year. Um, I mean, we'll get into it, but with the spring training rules this year, I mean, your home is kind of your, your place. Like we're not able to get out and go and do these things. And, you know, we can golf and go to the beach, but even in some of those areas, man, I'm, I'm playing it super low key and, and we're spending a lot of time here at the house. Okay. Well, that's good thought because it's not only you, it's your fiance. <laughs> Congratulations, baller. Take us through the whole thing. Wow. Um, okay. You'll get a sparse notes version. Um, relationship started right when we got shut down. Um, we had talked, we met in off season of 2019. Um, she's an Oklahoma girl, went to a rival high school, um, graduated from university of Oklahoma, sorority girl into the outdoors. Um, was kind of like, Whoa, who is this girl? So talked all off season, made it official. Um, honestly, right when we got shut down for the season, like I asked her out March 13th, it was Friday the 13th of last, last spring. And I think two days later was when they shut our season down. And so we went back home and it was like, man, what better way to test a relationship? I mean, you know, working in the sports world, especially as an athlete, like you don't get a lot of just unrestricted time to spend with people like we did during quarantine. And, um, I mean, yeah, man, I'm in love. Like that's, that's ultimately the best thing to say is I'm just, I'm so in love. Um, I found the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And uh, it's cool, man. I'm super giddy about it. I love talking about her. I love talking about us. And uh, I'm super happy. When did she go blind and deaf? <laughs> hey, we haven't let her figure that out yet. We're, <laughs> I, that's what I mean. As long as I just don't screw this up, I've way, way overkicked my coverage here. Uh, all right. So give me, give me your name, first of all. Uh, Reagan, R-A-E-G-A-N. Wow. She's, oh, she yeah, you need, transposed you know? it on yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. I kind of like um, that. I'm digging so it. So Reagan Poole, um, super into the outdoors. Um, we, we, we hunted together during quarantine. We shot turkeys together. Um, we, we hunted deer together, but you know, she can throw on a dress and she'll be the best looking gal in the room, like hands down. Um, so I really got the best of both worlds here. So was it Archie Bradley, the romantic when you, oh, dude, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Like, you know, there's, there's some clips of me out there. I've, I've started a few things. I'm not afraid to speak, but 
when it when it comes push to shove, man, I'm a lover, not a fighter. So definitely full romance. I mean, the 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 proposal, man, like it was it was stuff you dream about. So what'd you what'd you do? Did you do anything corny or like was it just oh, super corny? Um, her <laughs> lake house. She's a huge lake girl. She owns her own boat. She can water ski, jet ski, surfs. I mean, she's complete badass. Like completely way cooler than I am. Um, ten out of ten in the bathing suit too. I'll give her that. She's really hot. Nice. Um, but her lake house is really special to her. That's where she's grown up. And so I asked her on the, uh, the back deck of her lake house, but we played it into a spring training going away party. She planned basically the whole thing. Um, I played it off that we were, you know, gearing up to leave for the season. This is her first year where she's going to be gone the whole year from her family and friends. So let's do one big lake getaway weekend. And uh, yeah, we, during the, the lake thing, we went to go eat dinner one night. Everyone else, our family, I had a huge flower bouquet, like this whole thing. Like, dude, you know, there's anything you want now, you can get custom. You can have made. If you can think about it and you want to pay for it, they'll do it for you. Um, but I had this beautiful backdrop made with with roses and and her family and friends were there. My family was there. And I asked her on the back deck. Um, she was completely surprised. And then the, the, the cherry on top is... Um, all COVID, you know, all COVID clean. There was, we, we followed CDC and all this stuff, but the coolest part was there's this like old bar that's on the lake where they, they hang out. And it's just the place to be during the summer. It's called hookers. And it's, it's probably a thousand square feet, hey now. but we rented hookers out. Um, anyone else who wasn't Stop. like Archie, that did not come across as weird at all. That's the name of the bar. So, of course, it's not going to sound too great. But we rented the bar, which is hookers. We rented hookers out. Um, and anyone who wasn't, like, close, close family, like the rest of our friends and family, um, they were waiting to surprise us at hookers. And we drank, we ate, we celebrated, and it was uh, it was perfect. Like, if you look on Instagram, the picture of me, like, kneeling down was worth, like, everything. Like, it was more than I ever imagined. I know it was exactly what she wanted, slash she was completely surprised. So, the whole thing was, like, a 10 out of 10. That's awesome. Good for you guys, man. That is, that's fantastic. What are the odds that we could get her on the Rose rotation to talk about how you're doing? She can pop in right now. She's just over here. So Reagan, come on. (laughs) Why not? Let's Let's do it. Debut, get in here. Hi, Reagan. I'm Chris Rose, host of the Chris Chris? Rose rotation. Congratulations. Thank you. For for people that are doing so I did good. Oh my gosh. For people that are audio only right now, please go to our YouTube channel, John Boy Media Baseball, so you can get blinded by the greatest ring that has never been on a World Series champion. Yeah, that is amazing. There's no do over here. This was a one and done, and uh, there's no anniversary ring. This is a one hitter quitter here. So yeah. So Reagan, are you ready to deal with this? Because I've been dealing with it for several years. You know, yeah. Are I you mean, ready? So what was funny about last year? It was kind of my first intro, like a little dip of my toe into the baseball world because we got shut down early. And so this year I'm ready, like full on baseball mode. I'm ready to go wherever he goes and travel. And unfortunately, we have some restrictions for COVID and stuff, but I'm just really happy that I'm lucky enough to be here and hang out with this guy when he's off, not working. Yeah, but when he's working, (laughs) like, did you have a chance to like feel those emotions when he's oh. out there on the mound and, and so, live through it. Yeah. yeah. So all the time in, unfortunately it stinks, but we got to be honest. The first game she ever got to see me pitch was my playoff loss in Atlanta. <laughs> like she's like, Oh my God, I got to see you pitch. I'm like, babe, I just lost the playoff. Game. Like, I know you're excited, but this is the worst possible scenario. Right For now. me, it was different. It was different. I got to be up there with, I mean, we were with a new team. It's funny. This is our third team of wives that I'm getting hey, to she's meet already into in the one year. She's, she's got it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, no, but it, it was really cool getting to watch him for that one postseason game last year. So I'm, I'm ready for more, obviously he's feeling good in spring training. So I'm excited for him to get out on the mound. Well, this is fantastic. We are going to be keeping dibs on how he's doing. I want him to be a a serious part of the entire wedding planning process because there are some guys who just are like, well, she'll order the flowers. She'll take care of the music. She'll take care of register. No, no, no. You, God willing, you only do this once. I'm telling you, you want to be a part of it. Reagan, do not let him off the hook. You understand me? I will tell you this, Chris. He's been almost, if not 
the same amount of involved, but more involved than I am really? because he's an idea guy. You guys will learn this about him if you don't know him already, but um, he's a big picture, big idea, wants it to be like the party of the century <laughs> and hopefully it will be. But um, so it's fun kind of working together more than I ever thought that we would um, mm. on wedding stuff. But, you know, that's one thing for me whenever he's not wor- or whenever he's working and on the road traveling and stuff, I'll be back home doing a lot of wedding planning. So. All right. So just I'll give you my address and and don't worry, the roses <laughs> always bring a fantastic <laughs> gift. Okay? Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Party pants and a gift. That's that's great. We're, okay. New Year's wedding. We're going New Year's. So New Year's Eve, oh. baby. This is yeah. beautiful. My wife is going to be so excited. You'll love it. <laughs> you two will just get on swimmingly. It'll be perfect. Okay, Reagan, great. congratulations. And thank, thank you for letting you. us borrow Archie throughout the season. Yeah, I'm glad I could pop in for sure. Awesome. Time to Good give her the boot out, Chris. Yeah, give me the boot. I'm not giving it a boot. Stop. <laughs> I would never do that. I would rather hey, talk to Reagan than you are. Let's bring in the writing now. Let's. Okay. <laughs> right. It's early, but it's it's spring training, so we're hey, getting I'll in the game you, early. I'll give a quick, you know, another thing. During quarantine, I think a lot of people dealt with this. They had a tough time finding catch partners sometimes. I played mm-hmm. catch with my girlfriend. She's fiancé now, but at the time, she she was the catch partner for a few days. So, dude, you can't throw – were you throwing 96? No, I wasn't throwing hard, but there was a few times I was throwing harder than I probably should have been, and she did a good job. Catcher's mask? Yeah, well, so I actually – I ended up uh, – what she would do, she was more of like the retriever. Um, I would set a net up, and when I would get further out with balls, she would then bring all the baseballs back to me so I could stay at my long-distance catch play. All right, good. Hey, come a little closer to the computer just so we can hear you a little bit better. We, we apologize, to everybody. The, the, the mic is uh, – we had a, a slight technical issue, but we're working on that at the Chris Rose rotation. But you'll want to peel through <laughs> this anyway because Archie's so good. Okay, so now you have a fiancé. And you also said, I do, to the Philadelphia Phillies in the offseason. How weird is it walking into a new clubhouse now for the second time in six months or whatever it was? Um, It's very weird. Um, I would relate it to anyone who's been working in the same industry or same job, and you show up to a new place, and you're expected to not only, one, be you, but two, perform, you know, immediately. Um, Obviously, the season's yet to come, but – I think that's the hardest thing is, Chris, you know me. Um, you've interviewed me. I'm a very loud guy. Um, mm, I'm out there. Really? I'm positive. You know, most people think I'm, I'm, I'm on Red Bull every day. I'm just a naturally positive. Um, and I bring a lot. And I think a lot of people are kind of shocked by that sometimes from the reliever world. I'll talk a lot about that during our, you know, it's the Chris Rose rotation, but we'll call my segment the Chris Rose bullpen. Um, cause you know, bullpen guys are people too here in the, in the baseball world. Yes, you are. Um, but no, you know, um, I think the hardest part is coming in and, and fully letting myself show, you know, it, you know, that you, there's some, some vets in there, there's different guys with different personalities and you kind of have to go in with a very open mind, feel the place out and then really let myself go and, and be who I am. Okay. So it's weird because, you know, you're one of those guys that, Maybe the perception around the league is they look at you and they see you're all fiery out there and you're always talking and you're having a, you're great for fans. But I imagine in the other dugout, they got the ass with you. Oh, I've right? always said, like, I mean, it respectful about myself, but I bet other guys hate me. Like, and we talk about that a lot inside the game, how you just hate some guys and hates not necessarily hate, but, you know, you just don't like the guy. Like you can't stand his antics, the way he talks, the way he plays but there's always a respect level. So I hope that I've always countered it with like, man, this guy's kind of annoying, but he brings it. Like he's a baller. I love the way he plays and, and getting to be now with, with two different teams, you learn immediately like guys in the clubhouse shot, man, you are a great dude. I didn't like playing against you. I actually couldn't stand you, but here in the clubhouse now on, on your side, there's some, everyone's a great dude, man. I'm there's a few bad guys out there, but that's the one thing I've noticed being from the Reds, the Phillies, um, everyone's just baseball guys are great dudes, man. Mm-hmm. All the same. We, we all want the same thing. We all work the same. And it, it's, it's been cool to, to kind of mix in with two new teams in the past two years. So who said that to you? Who said, God, I thought you were an asshole, but you're all right. Oh, I think a bunch of dudes. <laughs> you remember um, like, I can't point out specifically. I mean, you know, um, like just Cincinnati, like a lot of dudes like, dude, I like you way more <laughs> than when, when I'm playing against you. Right. Um, I, I, like I said, no one specifically, but, um, I, yeah, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm probably tough to, 
to root for when you're on the other side, but you know, good dude at heart. Yeah, you are. So I'm curious, how does it go when you walk into a clubhouse and there's Bryce Harper and there's Andrew McCutcheon? Like, do you have to go up and introduce like, hi, I'm Archie. How how does it work? I do because um, shout out to Martin Prado. I say hi to everyone every day. And I always try to introduce myself if I don't know someone because I think like honestly, one of the most respectful and powerful things is like knowing someone's name and like speaking directly to someone instead of just a, hey, dude, hey, man. And so, you know, I try to get to know everyone's name. I try to say hi to everyone every day because Martin Prado did that. And I'll never forget like every day he said hi to every single person. So, yeah, first thing in, man, I got my backpack on you know, my nice outfit and like, Hey, Andrew, how you doing? Archie's like, yeah, Archie, what up, dude? Man, I hated facing you. And it's just cool because I think a lot of guys are afraid to say this, but like I have, I've built a, a reputation in this game. Guys know who I am now and not in a uh, like cocky way, but it's really cool, man. I take pride in the work I've done on the field for guys to know who I am when not necessarily having introduced myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. You talked to all the, uh, please tell me you're one of those guys that talks to all the security guards and the guys that oh, work the yeah. clubhouse door. Because listen, I have seen guys walk past and that dude is out there making no money whatsoever. And he is doing his job the best he can for 81 home games. And some guys don't even, they don't even notice he's there. And then yeah. there's a lot of guys that come by and they're like, Hey, what's up, Paul? How you yeah, doing, man? No, that's exactly it, man. There's there's so much more involved in this game than what we do on the field. And so much of it is those people. I don't know if you got to read Blake Snell's article from the Players' Tribune. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm currently going to do one when I, when I go back to AZ, but I'm going to say some of the same stuff he did, man. Like, those people in AZ, like, there are security guards. Like, people who – I forgot to leave tickets for my parents that got my parents in the game because I was starting that night or pitching in – um, from our, our chefs to everyone that's like not involved directly with baseball on field stuff. Yeah, man, I, I make it a point, especially to say hi to those guys. I bet if you're right now, every guy at front gate, every day I say, Hey, what's your name again? Cause they're, we're in mass now, you know? Right. And so, all right. Hey, it's bill, bill. I won't forget it. You know? And, oh, and yeah. I'm very big on that because we do, man. It's, it's kind of cheesy sometimes, but you forget just saying hi to those people. Like that brightens their day. They're, they're, oh, yes. they're working for the Phillies right now because they're fans of the Phillies. They're fans of us. And like, I thank my parents a ton for all this stuff, but just, just a casual hello and, and call them by their first name is, is a huge deal to me. Okay. This takes me to my next point. They yeah. do care about their baseball in Arizona. There's no question. Then you got traded to Cincinnati, which is a wonderful baseball town, but you got it you know, with 30 games left in a season in the middle of a pandemic. So you really didn't get a taste of it. You are now going into the pressure cooker, brother. I mean, I've got friends that are diehard Philly fans that scare the hell out of me and I don't have to throw a pitch. I mean, are you ready for that? Yeah, man. I think it's so funny. I don't know if it's because I just embrace the fans so much or I just, I mean, I'm one of the few guys, there's probably more out there, but like, yeah, they should, when we play that, they should boot. Like, I understand Philly fans are, are definitely an extreme, but I'm excited for that. Like, I'm never going to talk bad about Arizona in any way, but that, that is one thing that I always missed there was that true backing of like, you know, good or bad. You know, I've talked to a few guys, they'll show up even just to boot. We can be bad and they're still going to show up just to boo us, to let us know how bad we steam. But I, I'm thriving for that true, like, sports city. I mean, you look right there in Philly, and you have the Flyers, the Sixers, the Eagles, the Phillies. You can throw a football or baseball to all four places that you can play in. Mm-hmm. And, you see, they tailgate for baseball games in Philly. Um, it's just something that, honestly, as a player, I've been thriving for an environment like that where I can fully be myself and, and yeah, have the fans that are crazy about their teams. Okay, but, Arch, it's easy to say in March, right? <laughs> And inevitably, if you're going to if you stay healthy and you're going to pitch 60 games, there's going to be a couple nights you're going to get your balls kicked in. Oh, for sure. So and they're going to forget everything else that you did well before that. How do you handle that? Um, Again, so I have to be very careful with this answer because I have to word it the right way. But you learn in the best way. You, you definitely care about the fans. You play for them. You play to win, and, and you want to put a good product on the field. But you care about the guys in the clubhouse. You care about Bingo. you know those guys every day knowing that, yeah, I did blow it tonight, but you know what? I'm going to be back out there tomorrow, and I'm going to get it done. Right. And you're, you know what? I am going to get booed. I'm going to get booed off the field because I just gave up a three-run jack to lose the game. But you know what? I'm, I'm at a point in my career, this sounds weird, but like that's part of my job. Losing games is part of the role that I'm, I'm involved in, and – 
as a pro, as a, as a guy who understands what it takes to bounce back, you just got to wear it, man. Yeah. You got to be able to man up. I mean, the, I've been fortunate to play with a bunch of guys and you watch guys. I'm a big fan of guys. I watch interviews. I watch the way they respond. And like, you just know, man, like I take care of myself off the field. Like I, I run, I lift, I study. So if I lose a game, it's clearly because I got beat, not because I'm lacking something inside. And I think that's where I feel confident and okay with it because I know the guys who, and again, I say this carefully, matter, my teammates, my coaches, they know that I'm doing my part. And if I if I don't perform, it's just because I got beat that night. Yeah, and I think for people might hear that and they say, well, wait a second, he doesn't care about the fans. That is not what you're saying. What you're saying, I've, I always say this when I talk about players. It's so much more important what the 24 other guys, or this year, 25 other guys on a team think about you than what media members think or fans. I mean, you want to be loved by the fans. But, man, if you don't have the respect of those other guys, you might as well call it a day, brother. It's over. Yep. And, you know, because as I'm learning, I mean, and this is my seventh season, which is amazing, but there's only so many times you can answer, why did you throw that pitch? Right. You know, like, I mean, I just got beat tonight, you know, but I've learned that like, I care about the opinion of those guys who see me every day, my work okay. ethic, the teammate I am, the work I put in and knowing that if I get beat, I just got beat, not due right. to anything other than that. Okay. So do you know who has the longest playoff drought in the national league? Man, let me think here. It was Cincy for a while until we made it last year. Um, no, you got me. Do you, do you want a hint? Yes. See that hat over my shoulder? No way. 08? 11? 11. 11. Wow. It's been a decade, dude. And so we, we know the pressure's on. And I asked this question because with Bryce Harper, he's now starting his third year in Philadelphia. Do you think he needs to win a ring in order to make that contract worthwhile? No, I think, and this is my own personal opinion. I think if, if he were, if this were a football guy, if he were a football player, I think the answer is yes, but there's so many, and this is again, my own personal opinion. There's so many variables that go into winning for baseball that are outside of Bryce's control. I mean, you've seen, I mean, look at Mike Trout. You know, people talk about Bryce. Look at Mike Trout, the MVP numbers every year. Every year the guy hits mm-hmm. 320, 30-plus, and the Angels haven't sniffed. Does Mike Trout need to win a World Series to validate his deal? I think Bryce gets some of that, or people have those questions, because Bryce wasn't as liked coming up. Bryce had, you know, some – He's some, got an edge. Yeah, he's got an edge, which I love. And it's nothing against Mike. Mike's the nicest guy ever, but I love Bryce's edge. I'm one of the few guys who I love – I love some of the stuff he's done in the game. I love some of the the buttons he's pushed. Um, But for me, no, I think Bryce just performing and already, I mean, I always try to put myself in in shoes like him when I answer these questions, like, no, he doesn't need to win a ring. Of course, for him, he wants to. And for him, I think maybe personally, I don't know him all that well to say that, but I think he just wants to play well. He wants to be able to look back. And I think he he said some stuff that I remember when he signed his deal there. Like, there's a reason he put, if I'm correct, a no-trade clause in his deal. He wanted to be there for 10 years. He wanted to recruit other guys to come in and believe in a place. And I think just that alone, if he plays out his, his deal there and plays consistently, which I think he will, then that's all the validation he'll need. Because, as you said, it Philly's a tough place to choose to come play. And – for the fans, yes, they may have some some comments about it if we don't ever win one with Bryce there, but I think him personally, he would be okay if he plays baseball at a high level the way he can. Did you, so you said you, you like what he brings to the, to the table. A lot. You're telling me you, you dug facing him back in the day? You didn't? Yeah, well, Bryce and I go way back. We go back to Oklahoma Little League days. He came and played down for a oh team God. called the Oklahoma Elite, and I've seen Bryce – from the beginning, Bryce has been the superstar he is now. I mean, truly, like, not sitting here trying to be all over him, but, I mean, yeah, he was still in second and third when we played against him. He was – the home runs he would hit, I mean, everything. Like, yeah, like, I will admit it. Like, when I would face Bryce throughout my career in AZ, like, it was like, dude, yes. Like, this is a little bit more personal to me because we go back and know each other. But also, I mean, yeah, he's an MVP. He's Rookie of the Year. I mean, Bryce Harper is a top ten player in this game, top five in some categories, and, like, yeah, I like the edge. Like getting Bryce out fires me up because I got Bryce Harper out. Like I think guys are scared to say things like that sometimes. Like, oh, you know, screw Bryce, whatever. But it's like, no, like this guy's a good freaking player. 
and he's a he's a star in this game. And yeah, I love his edge. I love the way he plays, and I loved it when I got him out. So take me back to explain the Oklahoma Little League stuff. I mean, before we were my crew, 2011 was my draft class. Those kids like playing from like 2006 to 2011, like in the travel ball circuit, it was before perfect game and all these showcases really blew up. Like little league baseball is now this was, we were traveling all across the country, but it was, I mean, it was legit, man. Harper played for the Oklahoma elite. Um, he would come down and play these tournaments with them. He would go to the world series with them. And yeah, it was always Bryce Harper coming in from Vegas. He played for us. And then like the SoCal renegades, I think, or the firebirds, but Bryce from the beginning, he was the talk of youth baseball. I mean, always was until he skipped our class and entered the draft ahead of us. And he was like, thanks. Now there's room for more of us. So you had to face him when he was like 14. Yeah. Oh yeah. Down in Florida. We played down at the Brave spring training, that Disney complex. We'd always play a big tournament down there in Florida. Um, and his team was always there. We played against each other there. And then Oklahoma, Texas shootout. We always played him there in Ardmore, Oklahoma. And then, I mean, I could, I don't know the rest of the names of tournaments, but I would say from 12 years to 16 years old, we played each other every summer. So did you get him? Did you get oh, him? Oh yeah. I, I, I don't know specific times, but even when we got him, it was, you know, people are scared, but it, it was the Bryce show, man. Like it was impressive to watch. He was throwing like at 14, he was throwing upper eighties, I think. And he was just, I mean, crushing balls. Dude. Like I've never seen a kid that just hit homework the way he did at his age. You could hit back then. Oh yeah. I, I could definitely hit. <laughs> I still, I still can hit. That's why I'm still clinging onto that. You know, you should, by the way. And if I were you, wherever your, your new home is, when you get married, I would just put a running loop of the triple in the playoffs. I would like, that's oh. the first thing people should see when they walk in the door is just the running loop. I wear it out. Like guys like, God, you still talk. Yeah. I still talk about it. <laughs> I have playoff RBIs. Like that was, that was kind of my joke last year at the Reds. I think Moustakis outside him, I was second in uh playoff RBIs for the Reds last year going into the playoffs. So I'm going around like, Hey boys, you want to know how to score? I got you. You know, and that was kind of my joke. And then we didn't score a freaking run. I was going to say, it didn't really work. You're still second on the Reds, by the way. Oh man. Second. All right. So speaking of Oklahoma, everybody knows that Archie Bradley was going to go boom a sooner. You're right. You're going to do the whole baseball and football thing. And you did this thing called the elite 11, which is where they, they get the top high school quarterbacks in the entire country together. Just give us a couple of the big names that were there in your group. Man, I wrote them down. Uh, Cody Kessler um, played one. at SC. Um, he's been in the league for a little bit. Uh, yeah, by the way, he was a crappy quarterback for the Browns. I'm just, I want to get that out there. Let's keep going. You know, it's it's a tough league. Uh, Jeff Driscoll. Oh, um, started he, yeah. Florida, went to Florida, yeah. started a handful of games was, for the Lions. Was, uh, that year, he was, he was voted most likely to win a Heisman out of our crew. Jeff Driscoll. Really? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Got to give him a shout out because he was going to OU with me. Kendall Thompson, um, Charles Thompson's son. Old oh, yes. Seniors. Yeah. Kendall's also – he's played some receiver in the NFL. Uh-huh. Um, going down the list, Everett Golson um, played at Notre Dame. Right. Um, okay. Which was cool. When I was in South Bend in Loe, Everett was the quarterback at Notre Dame. And so we were in South Bend together, and I went over to the locker room a few times. I got to meet Brian Kelly when I was there. Super cool. Moving on. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is the next big name. Teddy, Teddy Two B. Gloves. Yeah, Teddy Two Gloves. Rookie of the year. Um, grinded it out in, in freaking New Orleans behind Breeze. And I was happy to see him get a, a chance in uh, Carolina, right? By the way, yeah, such a nice – Nice guy. Oh, like I imagined back then he was He's another guy. Like he posted something a while ago about like he did something. He gave gloves to a kid or shoes to a kid or he it was something. He went and watched his high school play. And like Teddy is the type of guy that like I try to be in baseball. Like the way he treats people, the stuff he does, like big shout out to Teddy Bridgewater, man. Cool dude. That's nice. That's that, those are some big names. Yeah, and then our counselors are cool too, because there's still guys that are Blaine Gabbert, backup for Tampa behind okay. Tom. Um uh, Tyrod Taylor. Um, Another great one. Kirk Cousins. You like that? Yeah, you like that. Exactly. And then Andy Dalton. Dude, like, how cool was it for you to be learning from these guys? Oh, it's it's even more cool now. I think, like everyone tells you, you appreciate things a lot more as you grow and get older and understand how cool and how special. Like, I wasn't – that's the joke with all my – I was a three-star recruit. Like, I wasn't a five-star. I wasn't a four-star. I had three stars. Um, 
But same thing, you know, I go to that Elite 11, which is a qualifier, which anyone who knows about the, the high school quarterbacks, it's, I mean, it's a whole business, too. Like the personal coaches, the showcases, it's, it's very similar to the baseball stuff. But I think they do 30 regional camps for the Elite 11. So, yeah. I mean, you have to really stand out. You either have to be a, a stud with every offer in the country or you have to stand out. And, and I stood out, man. I, I was loud. Um, I remember league. Yeah. Right. Legally. Um, they couldn't give us stuff. You had to win it. And so the top guy at the camp, his name is Brian Stumpf. He was wearing this super cool Nike shirt and I'm a huge gear guy. I try to get gear from everyone. I was like, Hey, let me get that shirt from you. And he was like, if you win the golden gun accuracy challenge, I'll give you this as the prize. And I won, I set the record for the whole summer that year for the golden gun accuracy challenge. I actually won it at the elite 11 too, but I made it, I think I made the Elite 11 strictly because I was talking, I was loud, and I backed up the voice that I had. Because I wasn't – I was a good quarterback, and I had the, the prospect status because of baseball, but a lot of teams didn't – or schools didn't take me seriously because the baseball side of it. Hope you're enjoying the Chris Rose rotation. Don't mind us. We have to tell you about some crazy deal that DraftKings is offering. Jake, would you consider Duke an underdog this year? Yeah. So if you bet four, they stunk. Yeah, if you bet four dollars <laughs> on Duke, and they win. No, wait, it's not even if they win. What is it, Jim? It's not that. Bet four dollars on an underdog in select college basketball games, and if they win, you collect two hundred and fifty-six dollars. I feel attacked by the math there. Yeah, that's betting four up. to win two hundred and fifty-six. That's messed up. I don't know that when it was one to win one hundred, I could do those odds. But anyway. DraftKings is always is doing stuff. So use code that's a, that's a Rose. It's a double entendre. The bank is open. Like a bank shot. Bank and shot. Like, bank. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Rose when you sign up to turn $4 into $254. If the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset, that's code Rose to turn $4 into $256. Did I say that last time? For a limited time. Yeah. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Back to the show. All right. So I want to roll back the clock. You're going to enjoy this. This is a young, clean-shaven oh. Archie Bradley at the Elite 11. I love this. Let's enjoy. <laughs> I wouldn't be serious about football if I didn't come here. And that's really what I'm trying to set apart is that I am serious. I mean, I committed to Oklahoma to play football and baseball, football first. And, you know, if I go there and they aren't letting me play baseball, then, you know, that's part of it. But I committed to the University of Oklahoma to play football. And coming out here and competing with the best in the country, I think, really shows them that I'm serious. I was really, this thing was to, to prove that I'm, I'm legit at football. I'm serious about playing at the next level. And, you know, I think getting third is just kind of it's an honor, man. I really, really am grateful. Wow. Listen to that twang. You hear that voice? Where did that accent go? <laughs> There's so much to break down there. Can we start with the eye black and the swoosh, dude? Just the single. Just that. You didn't go double. You just went. No, that was uh, that was our thing. That was that interview was the last day of camp, and naturally, um, we we all enjoyed each other so well, man. Like we all got along so well that day. And so, last day of camp, we were just doing the the single the single uh, eye black. It was a it was a swaggy thing to do. Then we thought we were cool, dude. Yeah, the twang is unreal. Oh, the like, twang is – I kind of wish I still had it sometimes. I'm kind of jealous of it. Well, in the offseason, do you get it back? Because you like – you know, you're – you sound like a guy from Arizona now. It's it's definitely – uh when I get around more of my friends back home, I think my lingo changes. I don't know about the tone of my voice, but the words I use uh, change a little bit more. Okay. Man, do you – like when you watch the Super Bowl, do you ever sit there and you think, I wonder what could have been? Oh, excuse me, all the time. Um, I, I'm not afraid to say, it. I mean, I think I would have played quarterback in the NFL, like no doubt about it for me, like for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's always, and again, I wouldn't change my path at all. I love where I'm at. I love the career I've had, but like, you know, as a reliever, you got to grind, man, like getting contracts, getting deals, proving your worth is an everyday tough deal where again, I mean, it respectfully, I look at some of the dudes who are in my class who are playing the NFL who have had opportunities. I'm like, gosh, man, 
I think I could have been one of those dudes. So for, you know, none of us really saw you play a game. I'm curious, like who in the NFL has the Archie Bradley type game? Man. Let's see. Going through, because um, my thing is, no one's a scrub, but I don't want to name any bad quarterbacks. I got to name guys that are having yeah, that, a good career. I'm not talking about. I, I don't expect you have Josh Allen's arm or Lamar <sighs> Jackson's tried. ability, but I mean, I, I'm talking about like, were you a scrambler? Were yeah, no, fast? I was. I was definitely a pro style quarterback. I was fast for for my high school. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say I would compete like at running the ball at the next level. I would scramble and get away, but I had a strong arm, man. And I understood defenses. I understood schemes. That's what I love most about it is um, breaking down a defense, breaking down why a certain pattern works in cover two or man coverage or zone. And obviously the college and NFL are completely different levels with that. But um, that's the one thing I love most about, about being quarterback is you control the game. Like you, you have to know the O-line. You have to know what the defense is doing. You have to know if I'm speaking to Tom Brady, if Gronk is on the line or not on the line, like there's right. so many factors that go into playing quarterback that are just outside of physically being good. So, you know, it's one thing to get hit around in baseball as a pitcher, but when you get hit as a quarterback, it's different hit. Yeah. Do you remember one particular hit where you got knocked into next week and you're like, damn. Yeah. It was uh, my first high school, Muskogee high school. Um, I was a sophomore, uh, my first year starting and uh, we were playing Jinx, the high school that my fiance went to. And um, a kid named DJ Lyles hit me. Um, I was rolling out in the end zone. I threw a ball, let it go. I was in the end zone. He hit me, and I finished up on our track. Our track went around <laughs> our field. And when I finished rolling, I was on uh, the rubber of our track. And I think I had a concussion that game. I didn't play um, the second half. And that was one that for sure was like, ooh, that was rough. It's good. This baseball stuff sure seems great. Well, you say that, and then, I mean, if those on I got drilled in baseball. Oh, that's true. Year, I oh. wear a line drive off the face. Oh, that seems like, by the way, that seems like a different career ago. Like, that seems right. so far removed from, like, being where I'm at now that, I mean, I truly almost had my career ended four four games into my career. Ugh. You don't still think – You've moved on past that mentally, oh, right? Everyone else asked me about it, but I'm completely past it. Like okay. I said, I almost it almost seems like it was a different part of who I was. It was so long ago. Yeah. I've tried to move on from the whole elephant man look. It just scared the hell out of me. I couldn't watch it. I was ugly for a while. That's why yeah. I grew the beard. I had to cover up the face, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you don't still have like a major lump under there. Like if we go combing under that facial hair, there's not like I still, have, I still have my scars from where my teeth dug into the side of my cheeks. Like there's still grooves that are inside my cheek here. I was trying to get through an entire show without mentioning it. <laughs> I was attempting to. Let's talk about happier things. You've played in the Phoenix Hope Open a few times, oh, correct? Oh, man, yes. Okay, give me the best story of, a, of an interaction with a big time, whether it's a golfer or another celebrity where you're like, that was so awesome. Oh, man, I have a ton. I've been super fortunate, man. Like – that's what was so cool about my time in AZ. I'm not trying to get off track, but I got looped into so many things that I maybe necessarily didn't belong in. Like, and let me clarify that. Like in terms of who I am as a player, my level of status, if you want to call it compared to some of the other athletes in the Valley, Goldie, Grinky, stuff like that. But these guys had families, they've, they've made their money. So I got to go do things. The Phoenix open being one of them that turned into like, I mean, dude, I've had some of the best times of my life out there in Phoenix. The Thunderbirds, who are the group that put it on, um, yes. they run the whole show. Awesome. Yeah, they, they, they're the reason I'm back there. So shout out to the Thunderbirds. Those guys are the best. But I would honestly say my, my favorite memories are, are playing with the guys, like the golfers. Like everyone always talks about, like, you know, wanting to play a different sport. And, and um, I would say one of my favorite stories, it's been told a few different ways, but um, I got to play with Kevin Kisner a few years ago. And um, in the golf world, he's known for all his, all his jokes and comments and stuff. But um, he was the most real golfer I've played with because he taught you like, dude, you, there's days out there. I know I'm not going to win. And, and that's okay because they pay good for fourth place. You know, they pay good for 10th place. Like as long as I'm finishing in the money, then Kiz is going to go keep playing, you know? And he just same thing. He has a Southern draw. He, 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 he was very personable. Um, and it, it's cool, man. I played with Gary Woodland this year. Oh. Um, another great guy, but just even the guys like that was cool. There's a couple of times I played with guys I hadn't even heard of and just even playing with them, man, it's so cool to, to put yourself in their world and get to experience like 
the things that they do to get ready for what is their job. Yeah, it's crazy stuff, man. Good for you. By the way, how nervous were you? Back, I'm super nervous. I have a story now. I forgot. I have a great one. Um, super nervous. For those who don't know, I mean, the 16th hole is maybe the greatest it's golf shot on earth. Um, my first year playing, I put it on the green, which was the coolest thing ever. I'm known for, you know, I pass out a ton of swag, but there's a, uh, a gopher that they put in a electronic boat that they, they drive around the little pond there between 16, 17 and 18. And, uh, only I say this humbly, only like the best of the best, the knowns of the knowns get, they, they make the gopher look like you for a day and drive it around. And they asked if they could put a beard and a diamondback jersey on the gopher and um, they drove it around. But I would say, and, and again, try not to, I, I would arguably say that I'm the most popular person out there the day oh. of the, the day of the pro-am, the day of the pro-am. Okay, Arch. That's a bold statement, and I mean it, you know, I'm not afraid to say it, but you can, you can ask. I would say my reputation precedes itself out there. Terms of fan interaction, giving stuff away, being active, and the people in AZ showed up, man. It was cool. Like in every year, it's it's very similar to what we're talking about. The volunteers, like that's a big thing about the waste. Yeah, community. it is. There's a ton of volunteers out there. Same thing. Every tee box. There's people that I've seen volunteer there now. I've played in it for five years that have been there from my first pro am, and say hi. Like going back this year was so cool because everyone's like, "Oh, we miss you. Like we miss you. Thank you for coming back." And I'm like you're thanking me for coming to play in this? Like, dude, it's, they call it the people's open for a reason. And, and it is without a doubt, the people of that tournament make the whole freaking thing. So when we had the best damn sports show period, we actually had oh, what a set. great show, by the way, uh, you watched. Oh my God. Like that was the early days of me getting into sports entertainment, but it was on Fox West or Fox. Uh, yeah. So it was on their Fox regional, it depended on where you yeah, lived. I remember so you for were, you, it was Fox sports Southwest. Um, John Sally was there. Um, yeah, dude, I remember. Yeah, John I remember. Cruck. Going, yes, Crucky. Irv. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I didn't watch it regularly, but I definitely watched it from time to time. And those are my very first memories of like getting into watching people talk about sports and, and really into the sports world the way I am now. Well, thank you. We were 10 years ahead of our time. I always tell people that if we started that show like in 2017, it would have been. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, enormous. I used to be scared to tell my mom what I was watching because I didn't think you could say damn at the time. I still was embarrassed. So I wouldn't tell my mom that's what I was watching because I thought she'd make me stop watching it. <laughs> you do know that. So they have these promo reads that that announcers have to read during games, right? That there's other stuff coming up on the network. There were certain television announcers, baseball announcers in particular, including one who may have lost his his spot within the last year, who would not say damn on the promo because they didn't think it was appropriate. Well, coming up tonight after baseball, we have the best sports show, period. And when I would hear that, I would look at the TV. I said, say the word damn. Yeah. It's not that bad, okay? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like we're not going to get stricken down and go to hell. It's going to so be tell just you this. fine. We're just going to we're going to create a clause. I'm just going to apologize now to my mom because I am going to cuss on this a few times. So I'm just going to yeah. my mom is super strict and I love my mom. But, you know, uh, we're in a time now where it's OK. It's OK to say those words okay. sometimes. And and we have to be OK with that. It's not it's just not the way it was anymore. It's not right. What's your mom's name? Pam. Hi, Pam. Chris Rose. It's a pleasure. Thank you for letting us borrow your son. Dr. And Pam. Doc not a, doctor of education. Doctor of vegetation? <laughs> education. Oh, education. I was like, what's a doctor of vegetation? <laughs> she probably could be that too with all the, I'm one of five. There's five of us. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, my mom, I mean, she was my, she was my principal growing up my whole life. Oh, stop. Now, yeah, hold we'll on. Have to, we'll have to do a principal segment and get my mom on here. So my mom has suspended me in school suspension, detention, Saturday detention, after school detention, Saturday detention, you name it. And my mom has dealt it out to me. What was the, are you allowed to say the worst thing? Oh, you yeah. Did? Fighting. I got in a few fights in, in elementary school, middle school, um, skipping class. Uh, we would always have blood drives. And as athletes, we couldn't give blood, but I knew we could get out of class. So every blood drive, I would go sign up and then just head to the locker room every time I got caught, every time. Archie, when your mom is the principal and a doctor of education, you cannot be pulling this shit. I'm sorry, oh, Dr. No. And she was she was on the side of make an example out of her son. She oh. wanted there to never be any doubt that I got preferential treatment. So 
If the punishment was three days of detention, I got six days of detention. If it was three days of suspension, I got suspended the whole week. So it was, uh, I'm not going to say rough. I was a good kid, but I definitely had some mischievous moments that uh, I got in trouble for. So we can have Dr. Pam on the show? Dr. Pam would love to come on. Oh, God, I cannot wait for that. We're going to book her. Oh, she would. This is back in the day. So you talk about before our time, like thinking about this now, my mom could spank kids when she was a principal at elementary school. She could spank other people's kids in Oklahoma. All right, we're not going to go down that road. So she would spank me and send me back into class still crying. Still tears in my eyes. Interesting place. No question (laughs) about it. Interesting. We have moved on as a society, which is nice. And speaking of moving on and having guests, I gave you one homework assignment prior to our first meeting here. I want three guests, and it could be dream big here, my friend. We're going to try everything on the Chris Rose rotation. Let's go for it. Okay. Um, so what I have down here, um, I wanted to stick in the baseball world. I'm going to name a few guys baseball wise that we probably could have on here, but they're more of just guys I find super interesting and that I would want to talk to and hear the way they speak about baseball and life and stuff. One of them's a teammate. He would never, ever do this, but Zach Grinke. Um, if, if Grinky would ever, if you could put Grinky ever and say just a hyperbaric chamber where no one would ever hear or see what he's going to say, but let Zach just talk the way Zach does. He is one of the most beautiful people in Major League Baseball, man. Like, I am the biggest Zach Grinky fan um, I think there is. So, Zach's one of them. I'll just name some quick ones. Um, I think Anthony Rendon, Colton Wong, Jacob DeGrom, and Garrett Cole. Those are my baseball guys that I'd want to have on and talk to. Those are great. By the, do you have a relationship with any of them other than Grinky? Um, Grinky and, and Wong. Wong is more of we've played against each other. We've done some things together. Um, I went to Hawaii for a baseball camp, and I, I hung out with them there. So a little more than just on the field. The other guys are just I'm a huge fan of. That See, I love that. I love it that you want to, you know, like – tangle with guys that you you may not know like I think that's the fun part of this I mean I want to talk to DeGrom and Cole and figure out how I throw fastballs like they do like what are what did they figure out what are they doing to repeat and and I mean you look at DeGrom his velo's going up every year it's ridiculous it's crazy. like um so those are my baseball guys good ones um we'll get into um a guy I've already seen some documentaries on him but I'm a big shoe guy Trying to get a Jordan deal. I'm a big, I'm not afraid to talk about it. I want to be jump man, but Tinker Hatfield, um, who is responsible for bringing Jordan or keeping Jordan with Nike and creating the Jordan brand. And he, I mean, he made a million Jordan shoes, I think all the way up until 16, Jordan 16. And then he came back and made some in the twenties, but I would love to, to have Tinker on here and talk about, you know, his early days at Oregon and, and really the drive Smart. and making you know, the jump man who it is today outside of Michael doing it like Tinker is the driving force behind what is the jump man brand now. I like that. I like, yeah. See, I like the way you're thinking, man. This is good stuff. Dr. Yeah. Pam would be so impressed with this. <laughs> and then my third is I'm obsessed with outer space. I don't know if you just saw the announcement where we're going to be able to stay in space, supposedly starting in 2027. Um, but I would go back to maybe Neil Armstrong. Um, talk about what it was like to walk on the moon. It is Neil Armstrong, right? Like, is he still alive? Do, do we have a do we have a count of that one? Can we get confirmation? Because if not, it's going to be very difficult. Um, it would be it would be something astronaut, someone who's been to the space station, someone who's walked on the moon. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's like fact. Like, I want to leave Earth's atmosphere so bad. I think that's one of the coolest things is space, the moon. Yeah. Sorry, Neil Armstrong is going to be a tough one, dude. Yeah, he he did pass away. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I would say someone NASA related, someone high up where I could get in a gravity chamber where I can get my name on the first spaceship out of here. I want to come back, but I want to I want to go into space and, and I want to see Earth from outside the Earth. Oh, that is great! I want to come. Here's what we're going to do: we're going to call NASA's PR department. And we're going to say there's got to be some baseball fans that have been to space. Help us out with it. It would be amazing if there was a shit-talking Phillies fan on the staff. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, it would be moon, moon NASA-related. I'm obs- I think it's so cool that we have the technology. I mean, we just put a rover on Mars. Um, we're, we're, I mean, you can <laughs> – this is my joke last year. Last year they came out with a 4K video of the rover on Mars. It was better footage than our game cast we got to watch during the season. Of our major league games. 
Somebody's got jokes. What do you got for me on that, Chris? Somebody's got jokes. Like, come on. That's good. That is that is excellent. That's a great guest list. I am very very impressed with your. Sweet. I was I was not gonna lie. I put I you you sent me the email and I I did. I wanted to make sure I I brought my part of this. I did. Pride in in you asking me to be a part of this, and so I want to bring quality stuff to the table here. I love it, and and the, the the viewers and the listeners. And by the way, if you're listening, please subscribe. However, you download your podcast, and also on our brand new YouTube John Boy, uh, you know, baseball channel. Please subscribe to that as well. Give Archie a rating. He likes five stars a lot. So really I want to I want to continue, but I want to hear what would yours be. My guess. Let's see, you guys. I don't have, I want to hear your guest list. I, it, this is going to sound like I'm trying to back away from it, but you guys were my dream rotation. I am so happy that I didn't get one no. Wow, that's cool. That speaks it, a lot to who you are too. If You should know that. You should take a lot of me, pride in that. I, I do appreciate that. There's no question. I've had a lot of people that mention that, and that means the world to me. But Archie, we've got to do a better job in this sport, right? The league has done a crappy job of letting us know who you are guys are and hopefully over the hour that they're going to hear you every few weeks they're like i love that guy more than just because he pitches for my favorite team or you brought up you you hit something in my mind there that's why i'm okay with the phillies fans is because you have to be able to be okay with who you are you have to be able to bring the noise and talk on podcasts and post stuff on instagram and then go blow a game and be completely fine with who you are as a person and a player because your podcast your instagram post your Chevy commercial, Ford commercial you did, that's not the reason you blew the game that night. And I think a lot of guys have a hard time answering that. Like, no, yeah, I I am doing sponsored posts. I'm doing commercials. I'm doing giveaways. I'm interacting with people. And that's not taking time away from me being a good baseball player. And that doesn't mean that I'm playing bad or I'm losing focus of my job for the Phillies because I'm being a person. I'm being real and I'm using the platform that I was given to take advantage of these things. Like I'll say that about my career. And I've, I have some really cool guys that I respect a lot that have come up to me and said, man, I wish I would have enjoyed the game the way you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking guys who played 15, 20 years, who yep. borderline hall of famers, one world series who have told me to my face, I wish I've, I wish I'd have interacted the way you did. I wish I would have had fun the way I see they like straight up like Archie. I love the way you play baseball. I think you have so much fun and I wish I'd have had more fun when I played. I'm, I, we talk about it all the time. When Jeter was calling it quits, I remember Millar and I had this exact discussion on intentional talk. Do you think Derek Jeter had fun? I mean, listen, winning five rings and being the captain of the New York Yankees and being all class, there's cool stuff. But Without do you think he really soaked in the moments that are important? Because at the end of the day, like I'm a father of two. I want to give my two boys as many moments as possible. And this beautiful game has allowed me to do that. That's what it's about. It's not about me walking around being like, hey, look, look what we're doing. It's like giving people moments and having those in your mental Rolodex. We only get one crack at this, dude. We talk about the triple. Like I have people in Arizona that talk about Luis Gonzalez's hit to win the World Series and then my triple in the wild card game. And it will be talked about forever. People will talk about my triple in Arizona forever. And regardless of what my career turns out to be, that moment can never be taken away from me. I got a bobblehead. I got a baseball card of me hitting as a pitcher because of that moment. But that goes into that. That that moment in that season for me completely changed my entire life. It showed me that like, man, I'm not going to be afraid to be who I am. I think playing well boosted me to have that confidence. I mean, I do think there is a fine line. Like if you stink, like, Hey, let's get your shit together. And like, let's figure it out. But that should not deter me or anyone from doing deals, posting, right. Talking like you talked about it and I hope we get into it. Not personally, but there's going to be some times throughout this year where guys struggle on here, where guys are pitching bad. And I think that's kind of what I'm most excited to talk about in a way, because outside of us bitching at home or complaining when we get home, we don't really talk about our failures much. We don't talk about the things we're thinking about or, you know, like uh, bouncing around a lot, but you brought up McCutcheon. I gave up a home run to Andrew McCutcheon a couple of years ago on Memorial Day, walk off homer in Pittsburgh. I wouldn't take the pitch back a hundred times. Yeah, he beat it was it was it was a learning moment in my career, but I threw a heater 98 up and away. Scouting report, everything backs up my pitch. In my head, I threw it right where I wanted to. 
and he had a homer to beat me. And this goes back to what we are saying. Everyone in the world, Archie blew the game. Archie gave a walk-off. We lost because of Archie. All three of those things are all correct. But I was okay with it because I did what I wanted to do. And in that moment, that season taught me, like, if anything, like, I know I'm going to be okay with who I am, and I'm not going to let a loss or a performance dictate who I truly am. Because, again, getting long-winded, but we talk about mental health in this game now and, and being mentally strong and in the, in the struggles that athletes deal with. I don't deal with that as much because I am who I am every day, and I don't let a, a result dictate who I am on and off the field. It's great. Great perspective. And yeah, five of the six guys in the Chris Rose rotation are pitchers. So, you know, I had a couple guys say, what happens when I shit the bed one night? And we're supposed to record an episode the next day. I said, record it. Listen, yeah. And, and that's what the, everybody's on board because we as fans have no idea how you deal with that failure. And it's part of it. It's part of like stripping it away. And it's it what is. makes and, you guys elite. It's, it's ultimately, and it's cheesy, but it's, it's what you learn. Like you do, you learn the most about yourself in these failures and yep. in those moments where you don't pitch well. And, and I honestly, that's what I'm most excited to talk about. Like, I hope we get to bring guys on and discuss these things. Cause that's what I love most about watching you, Chris, and what you've done in your career is like getting moments like this, where we get outside the cookie cutter answers. We get outside Absolutely. the, Oh, well, I just threw a bad heater. Like, no, like tell me you felt like shit in the bullpen and you had no clue what your stuff was doing that night, because that's mm -hmm. a real answer. No, it's not politically correct, and people aren't going to necessarily like it, but we play 162 games. There's days you're in there, and you have no clue what the hell is going on. You are hanging onto a string, praying that someone freaking beats a ground ball to your third baseman and gets you out of this. But, yeah, there's days you just don't have it. And I'm so excited to talk about that and talk about the realness in respect to certain guys staying away from some areas that goes on and, and what we do because it's freaking tough, man. It is. It's the hardest game there is. That's why I have so much respect for what – you guys do, you know, like my job for years has been to be critical. Like you guys always want to do better. And I would never take a personal shot at you, but when you, when you stink, sometimes we have to talk about that too. And you but guys get that. That's also it. Like that's where I'm at. I don't, it's weird. I take it personal, but I don't take it personal about who I am. I take right. it personally towards my job because I don't ever want to be a guy who stinks or I think everyone I want to choose when I turn my uniform in versus being told when to, but that's the fact of it. Sometimes you do stink. It doesn't mean you're a stinky player or you, you suck your whole career. But, yeah, man, you look at some – I've stunk really bad in the big leagues, like really bad. Like times where I didn't know if I was going to come out of it, if I'm going to get sent down, if I'm going to ever be considered a dude again. And and stinking is, is part of it. But guys are – in the best way, some guys are too sensitive to handle that. Like, hey, dude, you suck tonight. You sucked yesterday. Yeah, you're right, I did. Some guys are like, no, dude, I'm cool, I'm good. It's like, no, you're not. You stink right now. Like, there was a time, 2019, the first half, I think I had a six-and-a-half ERA. And I got taken out of the, the late-inning role. It wasn't sniffing a winning game. And there was another guy that got down there. And his name is Zach Godley. And we were both struggling really bad. Mm -hmm. And I told Zach, I was like, hey, make sure you're ready to go in because I'm the last option on this team. And, like, he's like, oh, you're the beard. And I was like, dude, I suck, Zach. Like, I promise you, I know Tori Lovello. I know I'm the last option to go in this game. And we went to like the 14th inning and the phone rang. And it was like, hey, Zach, you're in the game. I was like, Zach, <laughs> I told you, dog. They're trying to keep me out of this game at all costs. I'm the worst pitcher for sure on this team. Maybe in the National League right now. So, Amazing. you know, you take it, it all with a grain of salt. But I've learned that like – I've learned that you just, you got to be who you are. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid to post about it because I know when I go to the field, when it's time to take care of the things I need to, to be ready to play, I do that. It's awesome. It's so good. You ready to have a little fun? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So not only are you a co-host every few weeks, you get to play a game show as well. Yes. This is the wheel of moderately interesting things. So we got 10 spaces. We got five different categories. Okay. So I'm going to spin it. And you're going to answer the question. All right. Okay, here we go. Play along at home if you want. <laughs> Good spin. Thank you, bro. Popped his cherry. Do you have any idea what that category would be? Oh, I mean, my mind goes a lot of places, I'll be honest. <laughs> Name me the first major leaguer you ever met. Oh, wow. 
Okay. Um, ever met Charlie O'Brien? The old catcher? Yeah, I played for Charlie growing up. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, Charlie had a son named Cameron um, and an older brother, uh, Chris. But Chris and Cameron were my age. I played with Cameron. We played for the Oklahoma Bucks. And, uh, yeah, Charlie O'Brien was one of my big-time coaches coming up. And that was the first, like, real big leaguer I would say I know. So when did did you know right away, like, oh, my God, that guy played catcher in the big leagues? Uh, yes and no. I mean, at the time, it was, like, just big leaguer. And, he had, I mean, he still does. Charlie's always had the flow. I mean, the mullet yes. is notorious for Charlie O'Brien. Yes, but it is. same thing, as I've gotten older, I mean, he just recently came out with the book, The Cy Young Catcher. Um, and you look at his career and the guys he's caught and what he accomplished and the respect I have for guys like Charlie now that I've been in the big leagues as long as I have. And so I think it's a lot more cool now than I did at the time. Yeah. I think he caught Pete Vukovic when he won the Cy Young in 1982 for the Milwaukee Brewers. I think I, I don't want to quote him wrong, but he caught like six Cy Young winners or five Cy Young winners. It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. That's awesome. But I have, we, I don't want to, I have a cool story real quick. So I get drafted in the first round in 2011 and Jimmy Rollins had tweeted that day. So former Philly, Jimmy Rollins tweeted, good luck to all the guys that get drafted today. Greatest job in the world. So here I am, this bonus baby, have no clue what I'm doing. Hey, Jimmy, I just got drafted in the first round. Wish me luck or some stupid tweet. I'm sure if you you can search it. Someone, some one of these fans, one of these people listening, find this tweet that I wrote to Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins responded to it. Congrats. Good luck. Hope I face you one day. Jimmy Rollins was my first batter I faced in the big leagues. No, it's a, that's impossible. Archie. So I have another one for you. Hear me out. Two weird coincidences. Only big league jersey I've ever bought. My 15th birthday, I bought a Jeff Francoeur jersey. Okay. Frenchy. Yeah. My first big league spring training, my first strikeout was Jeff Francoeur. Come on. My, my first big league homer I give up is to Jeff Francoeur in Philly. <laughs> that is amazing. Two really weird coincidences. But Jimmy Rollins, tweet him. He tweets me back. He's my first big league out. And my first big league homer I gave up was the Jeff Francoeur, who is the only big leaguer's jersey I've ever bought my own money for my 15th birthday. Okay, so you're pissed about giving the home run, but was there a little bit of you that went, holy shit, this is crazy? Oh, it was it was so cool. I, I, I played against him a few years afterwards, and I, I ran into him in the outfield and I said, hey, man, I've got a funny story, and I told him. And so I haven't sent him that jersey, but I still have that jersey, and I'm going to send it to him. And it's the only time I'd ever do this because I don't care. I don't like giving up homers, but – there's something a little special to that story, so I am going to have them hit your first homer off you, Jeff Frank. That's, that's pretty damn awesome. Oh, yeah, and no. Frenchie's such a good guy, too. Crazy. It's so funny. That's great. That's great. All right, before we get out of here, every time you come on the show, and, and Dr. Pam is going to love this part of the show, <laughs> because my wife in a previous life was an elementary school teacher. So we have Mrs. Rose's homework assignment for oh, you, okay? Right. Let me, uh, where's my pen? Dude, if you can't remember this one, then we're going to have serious problems. Well, I'm a, I'm a note taker. If I write something down, I remember it way more than if I just let it sit in the brain. Okay, so we're going old school for you. Okay. We, wrote it on, we wrote it on the board. Mrs. Rose has the best penmanship, by the way. Find someone on the team with facial hair and explain why it's better than yours on video for us. Okay, Philly's teammate with better facial hair and why? I like that. Yeah. Are there a lot of beards on the team? I mean, I know Harper. I mean, Harper. I mean, I could go. That that might be my starting point. Is that cheating? It's not cheating. Does he play for the Phillies? He does play for the Phillies for a yes, long time. Does. Yeah, he does. For, <laughs> for a lot of money, too. For a lot of money. Yeah, I want you to go talk to a few. See, I don't think that they're going to be able to. Who's going to say they've got better facial hair than Archie Bradley? I'm not going to lie. That's a, tough, that's a tough ask because that means me admitting that someone has a better beard than I do, but there's, there's some solid mustaches rocking the Phillies clubhouse right now. So we might have to go mustache route. Um, Bryce trims his beard a little bit. I mean, we're going to get into a beard segment one day. Bryce does the edge up on his beard. I okay. leave mine wild. So um, there's a few options, but I'll do my best on this one. Tell Bryce that he's welcome to come on the show. We've had, you know, he's always had fun on intentional talk when we've been on, but you know, just tell him, just say whatever. I know you, you're a video gamer, but if you want to just flip on the camera and say hi while you're gaming on Twitch, that's cool with us too. And that's the new thing. I'm not on the Twitch yet. I haven't gotten to that realm. Well, you'll have to speak to one of the other members of the Chris Rose rotation, Trevor May of the Mets. He will. He's got nasty stuff. Also, Glass now. Tell him to write down some notes on the cedar for me too. 
He could just drop in for a combo, hey, man. So I want you to bring this up to Tyler because I don't know if he'll remember this, but uh, 2017, that same series, McCutch at that walk-off, Glassnell got moved to the pin. He was kind of in that rank, that train, like triple-A starter, big league starter, getting rocked in the big leagues. We're leaving the pen in Pittsburgh. And again, I'm a fan of guys. I'm not afraid to talk about it or say it. And I told Tyler, I said, hey, dude, and mom, excuse me, excuse my language. But I said, hey, dude, you're really close to being so fucking good, Tyler. I said, I don't say that to a lot of guys, but dude, I am such a fan of yours. Like the way you throw the baseball, like you're really close to figuring it out. And when you do, you're going to be so freaking good. And then I think it was the next year or he got he got traded and look at what he's done since then. And it's not like I'm everyone else said that too, but I remember watching him specifically and I was like, dude, if this kid can figure out some things, like, wow. Yeah. In the previous episode, he talked about why he sucked in Pittsburgh and it was fascinating. So make sure you go listen. I will. So, but yeah, shout out to T Glass because I remember him from 17 and seeing where he's at now. Good for him, man. He's a stud. Archie Bradley, uh, this was a blast. For me, I mean, I've interviewed you a ton of times, but this was great for us to really kind of deep dive into a bunch of stuff. Hope you had as much fun as I did. I did. I, I really, what I like most about this, I like the, uh, the, like I said, the real talk, going back and forth, um, being able to express and share, and and not that I'm have the biggest potty mouth, but not being able to filter, like just being able to openly talk and then bring up real stuff. Which, again, I think sometimes guys in baseball are scared to talk about other guys or, or mm-hmm. congratulate or say things because oh, he might think I'm. He might, you know, have an edge at the plate. And I'm like, dude, no chance. You see the way I pitch. I'm not worried about thinking Arenado's a good hitter. He's a great hitter. Everyone knows that. I'm still going to try to beat him at the plate. It doesn't change. It's awesome. Congratulations to Reagan. Tell her <laughs> thank you so much Shout for out joining to us. And uh, tell Dr. Pam hello for us, and we'll have to book an appointment with, with the doctor. Do I have yeah, to we'll call an assistant on that, or does she hey, handle her own? We have to make it a, a short appointment, though. We can't have her the whole time. She's a talker, so we got to be a time segment <laughs> with mom, okay? <laughs> We'll make it. A, we'll make it a short appointment. <laughs> Archie Bradley, continued success. We'll catch up with you uh, before the season, and don't forget to subscribe to the Chris Rose Rotation here on John Boy Media.